Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. Hey, welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast on Fansided. You can catch our stuff at 12thmanrising.com. I'm Lee. With me is Todd. We are hard-hitting today, uh, less so than the tackling uh, with the Seahawks in this preseason because it's no LOB. It's, there's clearly a lot of missed tackles. But anyway, we're hard-hitting on the Seahawks' last preseason game, uh, which happened yesterday. Uh, or whenever you're listening to this six years ago and the season starts in a little over two weeks on Monday night football when the Seahawks take on the almost said Dallas Cowboys. That would be wrong. Denver Broncos. Okay. I swear we know something about football. Very little, but something. Anyway, how are you? I I am uh, actually <laughs> dealing hesitated. with COVID the second time. You're like, oh, <clears throat> oh, COVID for the second time. Second or second first. or third time. Uh, second time. Well, you maybe just keep it around time. to keep you warm. Is that what it is? I, like a blanket. I just keep it in a little box and I look at it every once in a while and say, oh, I need a cuddle so that I huggle, huddle up with COVID. Um, sex cougar. Not to make light of it, really. But <laughs> no, I do like COVID is sex cougar. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, so Did there's, you say nothing sea ox or sea ox? That wasn't quite clear. Sea, sea ox would be that. That's got to be the name of a minor league baseball team, right? Sea ox. Yeah, the sea ox. They're playing the bananas, the Savannah bananas next next week. That'd be awesome. That's right. That's what the Scottish fans call the Seahawks. Seahawks. So <laughs> that's true. The Seahawks. I see Michael Myers doing that. Mike Myers. Michael Myers. <laughs> Mike. One of Michael them. Michael Myers. <laughs> He's got it's one line the whole film. It's the Seahawks. Where's a Where's a hockey max? That's that that's going to be. That's the actual end of of Halloween. That's the right. the real end, which will be the next one after the last one. And it'll be Mike Myers the whole time. That'd be great. He says, go cracking at the end. I mean, yeah. It would work. It would work. Anyway, sorry <laughs> you got COVID again. Yeah, I'm happy. But, you know, at least the timing is, it could have been much worse. could have been, like, right before I went on vacation. So at least it was post-vacation. And it's long enough post-vacation that I'm not concerned that I gave it to everybody in Canada because that would have been bad. True. And, you know, it would have been really bad if I'd given it to Ryan Suckup. Yeah, true. Would they actually, would you have been able to, and as we established on last week's podcast, if you're listening to this podcast every week, thank you. And I mean me because I'm the person that <coughs> listens. I'm thinking myself. But would they have let you into Buffalo last week? Had you had? They would not. Okay. Oh, Buffalo. Any, any symptoms what? at all, or do you have to test positive? <clears throat> You have to test positive. Here's the fun thing is there's a marked difference between people in Canada and people in the United States is the approach to how we uh, are handling the situation. Because in Canada, once you go, once to get past the departure gate, you got to be masked. It's like, nope. And you got to be waxed the whole time. Got to be waxed? You gotta be waxed. They check all over, I guess, in Canada. They That's do, interesting. Too. And they have the Brazilian ladies with the huge pads, <laughs> just like, yeah, it's it's rough. like it's the Steve Carell thing all over again. Whereas here, is there, is there a sign that says you got to laser that shit? Is that what mm, it says? At the airport, much. only one of the three Toronto airports doesn't say <clears> that. The other ones are a lot more. Everyone around here is just they're not masks because it's like, yeah, it's no big deal. 
So fun times. But yeah, I'm actually feeling okay. I took the last couple of days off work because I did not choose to possibly infect anybody at work. But other than that, I actually feel all right. I'm feeling better than Drew Locke. I'll put it that way. Drew, well, I mean, so let's go ahead. I, that was uh, your attempt at a segue. Yeah. Um, so that was good. You know, as before we get into that, I, w- I was listening to Smartless, uh, the podcast yes. Smartless, which I listen to as soon as it comes out because i love that podcast i i kept thinking keep thinking to myself every time i hear that podcast you know one thing i'd really like to do i'd like to start a podcast i mean if i had a podcast that would be fantastic i don't know how you get started or what you do but just honestly having a podcast so um also uh last week we actually got it would be great wouldn't it would i I don't know how one gets started doing that but Uh, we did get a we did get a letter on last week's podcast. I'll read it. Uh, they weren't happy with the show. It says, "Hello, I stumbled across your podcast as I was a bit bored and looking for Seahawks content. I managed to make it through one entire podcast. Whoever the lady is at the end that says you guys are the worst has you pegged exactly right. Yours is the worst podcast I have ever heard, and I felt like my ears were bleeding by the end. Still love you though, Mom." So, I mean, at least, you know, we've got that one listener besides myself. <laughs> I wonder what Drew Locke's mom thinks about his play last night. Of course, he he, he tested positive for... Hey, that reminds me, actually. Have you been in the Seahawks locker room? Are you the reason that Drew Locke and Rashad Penny are testing positive for COVID? Could be. I mean, well, you did have those fake interviews with John Ryan and Luke Wilson. I did. I did. The funny thing is, is they're both testing negative, but probably because, I mean, okay, I'll be honest. Mouth guards, I, I tried both of their mouth guards on. I just wanted to feel like it would, what it would yeah. feel like to be an NFL player. So. As one does. You got a big mouth. Um, so anyway, Drew Locke, I have no idea. <laughs> Drew, Locke, Drew Locke, I don't know what size mouth he has, but I do know that he has a, an electric arm, but he's also, he's a, He's the gunslinger that drew that drew that Pete Carroll doesn't want to play. Right. So right. last night against the Cowboys, Drew Locke had to miss preseason game two against the Bears when we may have actually seen a little bit more. of Hey, this is actually what Drew Locke might be able to do, because last night was just a bunch of backups when he was in. And even though it would have been basically backups against the Bears, they actually had some first teamers in earlier in the game than the Cowboys did. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to play. The team looked atrocious. Even with you know Smith, who actually didn't look atrocious against the Bears, but the whole team did. Right. Um, but you know, so we were kind of hoping, hey, we'd get to see Drew Lock play a lot, and we did against the Cowboys. And it was a mixed bag, right? And it could be that this, as we know, this quarterback, quote unquote, competition wasn't really a competition at all. It was Geno Smith's job to lose, right? And he didn't yeah. lose it, but is, neither did fair. Drew Lock win it. But to me, that's fair. I mean, they had, they needed to start with, as we've said before, the guy's been there for two years. If he's not the de facto starter. Actually, he's changed his name. He it used to be Tavares Jackson. <laughs> why is he still on the team? It was his job to lose. And it was Drew Locke's job to take it from him. Um, you know, he, he had, other than the COVID, which, of course, he had no control over, neither did the Seahawks. He had every opportunity to take the job he still had the opportunity last night 
And if he hadn't thrown, uh, okay, three interceptions, one of them clearly his fault. The other two, I will, I will say if they'd been perfect passes, the other two probably wouldn't have been interceptions either. But the third regardless. One, the third, I, yeah. That was me, by the way, trying to catch that. <laughs> I was, oh, I can. Aaron Fuller, it's ironic, isn't it? Because Aaron Fuller is trying to yeah. be an NFL receiver, but yet he's incapable of catching. He's like a receiver on the island of misfit toys. It's like, oh, he's supposed to be a receiver. He just can't catch. How ironic. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is a little odd. But regardless, and maybe some of his hangover from the COVID, he didn't make that excuse. The Seahawks aren't talking about it as, you know, that's what happens. I mean, things happen. You have to get past it. And, and that's all that that's all there is to it. And he wasn't able to get past it. It doesn't mean that this is Geno Smith's job from game one through game 17. Of course not. It's Jimmy G's job starting in week three. <laughs> yeah, God, I hope not. But mm-hmm. it's his job for week one. And depending on how he plays, you know, hopefully he plays well. And hopefully it's his job in game 17, too. That would be terrific because that means the Seahawks are playing relatively well. Relatively well. Uh, yeah. KJ Wright is driving the bandwagon and God love him saying that, you know, they could surprise people and make and get a playoff spot, which I, I agree. They could surprise people and do it, but is it likely? No, it's not likely. And it's not just because of the quarterback play either. Um, you know, they've got, uh, inexperience. I mean, I, yeah, I can't remember if it was Greg Bell, but one of the Seahawks beat writers said, this is the only the third time in 50 years that an NFL team will be starting two rookie tackles. Yeah. Actually, we've, we've written about that on the, on the site. It's just, I can't name the other two, which I always put in the articles, but yeah, that's, and you've hit on a good point. I mean, they're, they're, they are going to be going to be very inexperienced, especially offensive tackle cornerback, most likely lots of other, but the, the issue to me, and we've kind of seen this in preseason is, you can be inexperienced but still be good, but they seem to fluctuate between oh the offensive with oh, Abe Lucas is just a beast. He's always good. Charles Cross yeah. has been really good too. But they still kind of fluctuate. He gave up sort of gave up the sack last night on Geno Smith, but Smith kind of did the Russell Wilson thing and ran into the sack. But yeah. um they're they're inconsistently so the offensive line is good and when they're bad Maybe that's when, like, you know, Kobe Bryant, Tariq Woolen are good, but then they fluctuate, right? Like, okay, the cornerbacks are suddenly not good. It's like that can't be the case because either part of that can get you beat in the regular season. So they all need to be a lot more consistent, even if it's consistently decent. That's fine. That's enough to probably win some games. But if they're inconsistent, like, oh, first half, the offensive line was great. Second half, they weren't so good. And vice versa in the cornerbacks. Well, that's going to get you beat. And and that's exactly why Geno Smith got the nod as the starter, consistently. Uh, is his consistency? It's like he's is he consistently great? No, he never has been. Consistently decent? Yeah. And he's much less likely to make the mistake, as we've seen with Drew Locke, and that's what Drew Locke did in Denver. And I still think he can overcome that. I still think he can make better decisions. I still think he could very well wind up being the starter down the road for the Seahawks this season. But 
he hasn't shown that yet. You know, I mean, regardless of whether the picks were all on him or only one pick was on him, three interceptions happened when he threw the ball. And, and that one that one interception was just atrocious. Even if he'd thrown that one pick, that's right. enough alone to be like, oh, Geno Smith's the starter week one, because we can't have that in a real game. And there was nothing. It was all fundamentals. It wasn't the right. receiver didn't do anything wrong. The offensive line protection was there. I mean, it was a very short play, and Drew Locke just threw it to his and, left to a wide-open Cowboys defender that guy was uncovered and, and just and was like fair, right hands to be fair we've seen number three do that same exact thing a few times the big difference is is he'd made uh, i don't know like for every play he makes like that has he made like what a hundred throws right. that are right where they're supposed to be that's the difference you know that he's got <laughs> russell wilson had had a huge pile of credits <laughs> to his account like so when he would make a bonehead play like that because he had made a few of those but i mean especially lately last couple years especially yeah last couple years he made a few of those but he still made so many more ridiculously good plays that for the most part he overcame those bad plays for the most part even in the last couple years whereas julak hasn't done that you know if you if you've established that you can make these great throws like he like the touchdown to penny hart which was perfect i mean there's not a lot of quarterbacks, period, who can make that throw. That was a perfect throw. Velocity, yeah. touch. It was <laughs> perfect. He just And that's the thing, the touch. He hasn't shown that he consistently has that touch. He's got the velocity all the damn time, but he's got to have the touch to make those throws consistently. And if he had if he had thrown three touchdowns and had three picks, guess who the starter would have been? It's like they could have overcome the three picks. And I don't mean the outcome of this particular game, but in a real game, a game that counts, if he had made more of those throws like that, like, okay, you shake off the three picks, especially since two of them were just kind of like, it's half on him and half on the, well, one of them's half on him, half on the receiver. The other one's on the receiver, like you said. And then he had the one really just atrocious throw. But, you know, you've got to do more than one great pass and three questionable throws. So, right. Well, the, you know, and the, and the, yeah. the last pick, the last pick was not on him at all because what should have happened is Aaron Fuller made the cut out of his route and made it well, but he rounded the route instead of yeah. cutting sharply. If he had cut sharply, the money, the, the money, the ball would have been right on the money. It would have been right to him. Instead, exactly. he rounded his route. Then, forced made it look like the the pass was leading him too much when it clearly wasn't his route was what was wrong and then it bounced off his hands just like just like Easton's interception bounced off his hands um into into the cowboy but the and the first one the first one could have just been timing and and not having well having probably zero experience with Eskridge who's missed a lot of time with injury and Eskridge should have run back the pass should have been Pass was inside Sorry. like it should have been, but if it had been Tyler or DK, yeah, it was just gonna, you know, if it had been Tyler Lockett, that would have been a completion. Absolutely. Yeah, or Metcalf because they mean, know how to okay. run the route, right? Um, yeah. Or an so, incompletion, maybe. I mean, it felt it felt like, hey, yeah. we're this is Carter Lockett running this route. But the second the second one was just so so horrific and totally on lock that 
Smith right. wouldn't. Smith is going to make mistakes, and he's far from perfect. But he wouldn't have made that throw either. Right, and that's I think that one interception is what cost it for Lockett. You're right. More so because they know it's like if if that had been Lockett or, or DK instead of Eskridge, or if or if simply like you'd said, if if Lockett and Eskridge had had more time working together, would have been a completion as well. And the other ones on Fuller. So those. They count, but not really. But it, but when you're assessing what the quarterback is doing, yeah, that one throw is like, dude, that's yeah. totally on you. So I still but, think you know, I, I still think Jimmy G is the. I, mean, I think he ends up in Seattle. It doesn't make any sense for him to end up anywhere else. Um, I mean, Cleveland. Why would you want to yeah. sign him to an entire season when you know you're getting Deshaun Watson back and Jacoby Brissett's? decent as you know being in Miami Jacoby Brissett is decent enough quarterback or it's like you know he's kind of like Geno Smith right ah but that's so, the thing it, it that, that's exactly the thing to me if he's if we're okay with Geno Smith then the Browns should be okay with Jacoby Brissett and if that's, they that, don't, that's what I'm well, saying it's like it, I, know, I, I we think don't. Jimmy well but Jimmy I think that the Browns are a better team overall than the Seahawks but yeah but I think Jimmy G, if he were to sign with Cleveland, the, the only reason he and, and maybe to, just to, to finish my point, which I'm not doing very well. The only reason he Jimmy G doesn't end up in Cleveland is because Deshaun Watson. Right. Is a terrible person, but he's a great quarterback and he exactly. will be back this year. Seattle has no answer. The future is unknown. But with Jimmy G, he's. He simply he's a better quarterback than Geno Smith or or Drew Locke. If he comes in, he's released by was it Tuesday or whatever um, by the 49ers. And it doesn't make any sense why they wouldn't release him. He ends up in Seattle. He's not going to start week one because he's got to get acclimated to the, the play calling and the offensive scheme and stuff like that. By week three, he should be the starter. For week three on Seattle will should be a better team with Jimmy Garoppolo than they are with. Geno Smith or Drew Locke, he's simply a better quarterback. He's not a, a great quarterback, but he's capable of being very good, and his ceiling is so much higher than Geno Smith or Drew Locke. And maybe Garoppolo comes in. He wasn't bad with the 49ers. He made some postseason mistakes. Um, the offensive scheme there was weird. He wasn't going to be a starter in New England because you know, they had a guy named Tom Brady who seems to just leave whenever he wants to and comes back to the team whenever he wants to. Maybe he's earned that right. But yeah. Garoppolo could be good enough this season and into next season where it's like, okay, maybe we do draft, we being the Seahawks thinking this, maybe we do draft our quarterback of the future in 2023. He doesn't have to play right away, just like Trey Lance did in with San Francisco. Or maybe Garoppolo is so good in this offensive scheme, an, a Rams offensive scheme, which I can see him being very good in because it fits his style, that maybe Seattle doesn't need to draft their quarterback until 2024. And, and you're drafting so that you're building the team around. I mean, this team could be loaded with talent. They already seem like the offensive tackles that they got in this right. draft are beasts. I mean, they're going to be good for years. So that's set. I mean, you could draft enough high-end talent with what they have coming up with those two first-round picks next year and two second-round picks that they're this team is going to be beastly if everything falls into place. But I can't see Jimmy G ending up anywhere else other than Seattle. It just makes more sense. And Seattle, I, if he's available, they 
got to take a chance. I, I, Baker Mayfield aside, they've got to take a chance on Garoppolo. Otherwise, it's like, I'm not sure what their plan is other than, hey, yeah, we're going to suck. We're okay with sucking. And that's not that's not good. As a fan, that's not good enough to me. I'm not sold that Garoppolo is the answer long term. The answer this year, sure. But, you know, I don't really care about how they do this year. I do to some extent, but I'm not sold on them signing Garoppolo. And then if he turns out that he's worth keeping, that they pay him what it's going to take to keep him. Because that's going to be a, point. a big contract. A big contract. It's not going to be Julio money, but it's going to be a big contract. Yeah. And Let me that's, let's jump in for jump yeah, yeah, in for just a second because you're making a fantastic point, absolutely a fantastic point. But uh, just you mentioned Julio, Julio Rodriguez. That contract with the Mariners is because of the way baseball contracts work. I'm surprised that Julio Rodriguez accepted that contract based on the player he is currently and the player he probably will be in the future. Which is, he's already fantastic, but he's probably going to be even better. But I'm surprised he took that contract, which could pay him, it sounds, it's a lot of money. It's, he, it could pay him up to $450 million, but it's over 18 seasons. So if you break that down, it's a, it could be a little bit, and that's max, like if he meets all the, the built-in stipulations. Yeah, the minimum is what, 210, right? Minimum. Yeah, and right, and that's, that's set. But, you know, you think about the great players in baseball, heck, soccer is even out there, but yeah, and baseball, they're, they're making much more than $20 million a year. So, and you look at Rodriguez, it doesn't even really break down to that. And it's a team option after eight years. Okay. Okay. It's eight. Well, we're going to extend it out for five more years, 13 years. So he's already what he's 21. That's makes him 34 He's a Mariner, basically a Mariner for life if he ends up playing well. But even then, built in by that stage in 2029, by that stage, the contracts are going to be so even more enormous that what they're paying Julio isn't going to seem like that much. If it were me, I would have been like, okay, yeah, eight years, man, I'll do that. I'll be in eight years. I'll be 29 years old. I'm probably going to be one of the best players in baseball because I'm already kind of getting there anyway. I'm going to make bank with that next contract i'm just surprised he took the contract it's a win for the mayor it's a lot of money long term but Which it's a win hilarious. for the i'll make bank with that contract as if this isn't bank but but it's but it's accurate absolutely it's like this contract is nothing compared to what contracts are going to be yeah, relatively speaking to baseball term. real life terms it's like this guy's this guy's won the lottery but in baseball terms as far as com- that compared to his compatriots it's not that much money Totally agreed. Totally agreed. It's, it's a really smart move for the Mariners. Absolutely smart. I mean, could something happen and his career gets derailed? Well, yeah, of course. It happens all the time, sadly. But odds are it's not. It's much more likely that he is going to be one of the stars of the game. Absolute, absolute stars of the game. So it's a really smart move by, by the Mariners. But especially... You know, for the team option, it's like, dude, I mean, you're right. It's, it's surprising that his agent, you know, did Richard Sherman act as his agent or something? Because <laughs> <clears throat> no knock on Richard Sherman. Love Richard Sherman. Or Bobby I mean, Wagner. It is, or Bobby Wagner. It is surprising, though, that that uh, he took that. It, it, yeah, it's a ton of money, but 
like you said, it's like at age 29, what kind of a contract could he sign? It was like, oh, yeah, exactly. God. Still in this, still in his prime. I mean, this is a kid who first year in the major league, major leagues. He never really stole bases. But I don't know if you know. He never really stole bases before. He's super. I mean, five tool yeah. player. That's him. He was like, oh, you know what? Uh, we don't know if he can play. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'll try playing center field. Okay. Well, he's one of the best center fielders in the American League because he has a, and he never really stole bases. He has speed, but he never really was asked to steal bases. And this year in his rookie season, they were like, oh, I want to try to steal more. Oh, okay. I don't know if I can. 20 stolen base. I mean, the kid is a freak. So, yeah, you're right. Only an injury would derail him. But there's like some several algorithms who say, based on the power he has, if he continues the projection he will have over 700 home runs and it's just like yeah he's a freak and and i guess getting back to getting back to your point as far as jimmy g he's not julio rodriguez in football terms right right but if you if he comes in and he signs for or he comes in he's not going to sign for 20 million dollars if he comes in and he signs for and I don't know, eight, ten million dollars. There's not he doesn't have a huge market out there. And then you sign him for two years worth that, then boom, you set yourself up. Okay, he's gonna be fine unless he gets hurt into twenty twenty three and we're not paying the quarterback that much. Then if he actually does really well, then he's going up to I don't know. Well, if he does really well, that's how but if he does pretty good and he's doing well enough to help your team win and he signs for thirty million compared to other NFL quarterbacks, that's not that much money. Yeah, but they could have a rookie, and they have a chance at a rookie who will be playing for a lot less, just like they did. True. And and, and it's a cra- obviously. But the cap's going to go up. That you're going to get Russell Wilson. Yeah, the cap's going to go up, but wouldn't you rather have a guy playing for seven than thirty-five or thirty-seven? It because depends. I mean, if he's a high, if he's that high of highly drafted quarterback, he's his contract's still going to be more than that. Yeah, but it's not going to be. It's not going to be. I, look at the guys who have. I'm not talking about the top quarterbacks. I'm talking about a guy Carson. Wentz. You're still People. thinking Sam Bradford? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm totally joking. Todd is not doing that. There are. There are um, I wouldn't say mediocre quarterbacks, but there are quarterbacks at Garoppolo's level or less who are making a lot more money than that. And like Murph's chair. That's like that's a first chair. That, that's why Russell Wilson is people not are like, in what? Seattle because they don't want to be paying fifty million dollars for one that's spot. That's true. That's a great point. And that's Absolutely. that's why I was against Mayfield or Garoppolo or anybody else like that stepping in because if they play really well, that's great. Did you just say you're against the Mayflower? You hate America? Is that okay. why you're moving to the great country of Buffalo? I am moving to the country of Buffalo because they understand chicken wings. They don't have celery on the plate. Tim Hortons chicken wings <laughs> with some poutine on the side. <clears throat> you know, Tim Hortons does not serve poutine. That's like amazing. Did you um, have some poutine when you were there, by the way? I don't think I, 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 had, I had poutine. Well, at like, first you were like, no, I haven't had it yet. 
And it well, was yeah, like, it reminded me of that scene from High Fidelity where it's like, okay, we haven't had sex yet. It's like, oh, maybe Todd's not really having poutine, which is not, that sounded oh, weird. No. Like I correlated that to SEX uh, and it's a family well, show. I was literally it. talking about poutine. Poutine is very close to that. And, you know, it, of course, because it sounds like SEX. And actually, now I can't say that because it's a family show. You're but, gonna yeah, it, you're gonna say there's a correlation like... there. There's a correlation there. There's the, they both have a lot of gravy. What do we, I don't even. Anyway, Jimmy G <laughs> is not poutine like, um, but maybe he's no, good. He's so I have yes. no idea. At least we made it uh, almost 28 minutes into the show before oh. we we get, got off the rails. <laughs> before we were cut off. Curds. Before Curds the FCC are, stepped in. Curds are the key. That's all I'm going to say. Curds of the key. Curds. Curds are the key. Curds are the key. Curds. Curds. Not like not like the resistance fighters. Not the Curds with a K. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, well, is this a this podcast is something different than I thought before <laughs> listening to this? And Todd's like, he didn't really go to Canada. He actually went to the Middle East and he's a spy. I was in Turkey. Um, I didn't even have any turkey, so that didn't make me sad. Do they have turkey, turkey in Canada? Yeah, they, they, I think they do, but I didn't see any. I didn't see any. I think they, I think they just basically called them all blue jays and put them out in, on a ballpark and say, go play ball. Uh, who are those but, Canadians? Oh, those are Virginia Tech fans. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, have you heard of the Savannah Bananas? Savannah bananas? Yes. Banana I ball. I have not. Banana there, ball. There's there's a special on I don't even know how to quantify this 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 team or describe this team. They're they're basically like the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball. Except are these people are these the people that are too poor to no offense to poor people, but are these the people that are too poor to afford pickleball? Yes. <laughs> they play banana ball, exactly. It's a look look up look up banana ball on ESPN plus for those of you who have it and I know you do. Uh it's a very interesting team. They go kind of barnstorm. They they're based in Savannah, Georgia, and they, they did I actually they were in West Palm Beach, which is where I currently am. I'm Billy D. Williams that. is somehow involved in this. I've got to see it. He totally should be. But uh it's 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 a lot like the Harlem Harlem Globetrotters, except they play a competitive team. They make sure that the games are competitive, so it's not just like, oh, let's destroy these guys for fun. So the games are actually competitive, but they're still completely bizarre. Like guys are taking it bad, sitting on stools or exercise ball. Ooh, gross. One they have to sit on their own stool? That's the... Yeah, yeah. It's weird. What is this? Oh, it's bananas. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, see, it piles up. Uh, one guy takes it bats wearing stilts. It's funny to watch him... Oh, my gosh. ...run the bases in stilts, but yeah, it's... Uh, very, very strange. Very entertaining. It's still, it's still baseball. You, you may have heard that uh, Bill Spaceman Lee was touring with them and uh, pitched an inning for them. That's... Three up, three down. Billy, Billy still has it. Seventy-five years old. Uh, but really, really funny, really entertaining, and it's still basically baseball in some ways. But they, they've, they've spiced the rules up a little bit. No bunts. The owner of the league says sucks, so they don't bunt. Can you bunt in cricket? I'm wondering. What is the point of cricket? I'm not really sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But back to the Seahawks. Uh, 
by the way, DJ Dallas and Travis yeah. Homer, both yeah. cricket players. No, that's a lie. I, I just had to. That was, was no, just anyway. Man, DJ look, Dallas looked good. They both looked yeah. fantastic. And, and I know it's against backups, but we know DJ Dallas, based on last year, can, can do some stuff. And Travis Homer has speed. We've seen that on special teams. Indeed. But this, if the Seahawks are truly going to, and we don't know what they're going to do week one or week two or week three, because what we've seen in preseason is really not what the offense is going to be, nor the defense is going to be designed to do. But they are stacked at running back. I mean, if it looks like Ken Walker really might have a chance of being back week one, Rashad Penny didn't play because why? I mean, he had COVID, but even if he wasn't, oh. Didn't didn't have COVID. Why would you play? It was playing right. But the I mean, there go they go th- at least three deep. I think DJ Dallas could be he could be a st- spot starter. Spot starter is what I started to say. Spot yeah. starter at at running back number one if needed. And he's had to do that over yeah. his few few years. But he looks explosive and stronger this mm-hmm. preseason. Travis Homer. They've given him a chance to start before in seasons past. I'm like, yeah, Homer is like, he, you know, he's going to get like, he's going to run and get three yards. He looks faster. He, he looks a lot better. Maybe they've been working out together. They're both. I don't make that uh, say that as a joke. They're both Miami guys, but it's, I don't know. They both look good. They go at least three deep, if not four deep. And I'm thinking if Walker and oh, guys, uh, Darwin Thompson, who blew the block and, in preseason yeah. game one, even he's looked athletic. I don't think he could be running back number one, but he could be do you know pick up some reps if they end up keeping a fifth running back. At least that's some positivity to come out of this awful preseason. As DJ Dallas and Travis Homer look fantastic, and the corner situation is starting to look better. Artie Burns came back; he's back from his injury. Uh, we haven't talked about <clears throat> Mister. Fifth round pick Tariq, who very well could be starting. He's. I still don't know if that's a good thing. I mean, I'm, I like I like Woolen a lot, but he's so raw and it's preseason. Yes. That... Yes. But KJ Wright says he should be starting. Uh, not that KJ Wright is the be all end all, but he sure as hell knows a lot he more. Does a hell of a lot more than we do, like you said. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if, if you're KJ listening Wright... to us versus KJ, go with KJ every time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just and like I said, it's like he's he's been right with Metcalf. He's denied Metcalf balls. KJ Wright can run with with DK Metcalf. Well, that's why he had to quit because it's like he's just too damn fast. <laughs> uh, that's yeah, you know that's pretty. And of course he's going to miss make mistakes. He's a rookie, and defensive backs that's incredibly hard, especially a corner to come in as a rookie. Not that it hasn't been done. We know it's been done. But it's really, really difficult to come in and do that. Uh, but he could. But certainly by the end of the year, it would be shocking if he's not starting. And the same thing with, with Bryant. I mean, he's looked really good at slot yeah. corner. So, I mean, these rookies, <laughs> I think you already mentioned Cross and Lucas, is like, this really looks like just an absolutely outstanding rookie class. Yeah, well, we're too lazy to look this up, but when's the last time any team started two offensive tackle rookies and two cornerback rookies? I'm pretty sure that would be never. (laughs) I mean, it seems like a safe assumption. Yeah, my God. And uh, again, back to what KJ is saying in another interview, KJ had said that he thinks 
that uh, this team's success is going to depend on the safeties. And he's right because I mean they're the they're the veteran leaders on defense. It's not the line like he says. Usually it's linebackers. Of course he would say that linebacker, but it's true. Mm-hmm. As, true. I mean, and we haven't seen Jordan Brooks either. Right. Really. So yeah, I'm not overly concerned with how the the tackling in the Bears game. Tackling that was that was atrocious. But I don't care that you know they didn't win this game. They didn't win that game because we haven't seen the Seahawks team on the field literally we've not seen the team on the field that's true yeah i mean they have had massive tackling issues but you you bring up a good point um which is the fact that we haven't seen quandra Diggs or jamal adams both good tacklers play at all and won't play until week one and we haven't seen jordan brooks who is a beast of a tackler and doesn't miss i mean he's bobby wagner-esque when it comes to not missing tackles so yeah, it's like it's uh, we've seen half their defense, basically, and real similar to their offense. We haven't seen Rashad Penny. You know, we've can we've he tackle? Got, well, hopefully he doesn't have to. <laughs> it's like because if he is, that means Drew Locke threw it. No, I don't want to say yeah, that. Well, Drew Locke had a tackle last night. Yeah, he had a tackle last night. So good for him. Um, but yeah, we have seen Rashad Penny. We've seen very little of Metcalf and Lockett. Uh, you know, it's we've we've seen half the defense, we've seen two thirds of the offense, and the third that's missing is hmm, let me see the three biggest playmakers on the team. Right. So, and and the other guys who we have seen, we haven't seen very much of. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not I'm not looking at this team and think, oh my god, they're terrible. It's like blah blah blah. Like they still have an uphill battle to have a winning season. Absolutely, they do. They had a losing season last year with two of their best all-time players ever. Didn't the Texans go three and zero in the preseason? I'm, uh, not, I'm not making that up. I think they actually. Won. I think they did. Yeah. Well, the year the Lions lost sixteen, they they were four and zero in the preseason. So point, like, yeah. preseason records. Who cares? That's meaningless. The, the year How the you... Seahawks won the Super Bowl, didn't they go zero and four in the preseason? Uh, I think they did. You know, it's just, it's not about winning. I, I, who cares if you win in preseason? It's not about winning. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> the Chicago <laughs> game is is frightening because they didn't play well at all. The other two games. Against a terrible team. Different story. Right, right. But, you know, hopefully. You got it out of the system. They had, what, like eight penalties last night compared to 13 against Chicago. So That sounds, that sounds sad, it's though. It's still point. eight penalties. But, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what you think, but the the Cowboys also had at least eight last time I checked. But the the referees, maybe, I mean, I guess everyone uses it as preseason, but the referees even like approach it like, I guess we'll throw a flag here (laughs) when some of the some of the stuff may not be it may not be called the same in regular season because there's a lot of like. Was this really was he really in bound? I, I don't know. There was a lot of. Like in the Cowboys touchdown, I mean, it looks like maybe his feet, but I don't. They didn't really review it that long, and it looks like also he didn't really have control of it. Um, uh, just uh, his feet landed inbounds, but then did he really have control of it until he landed? I, you know, there's a lot of like I don't know if this would have really happened in the regular season because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you. That's that's I, I tweeted that out during the game last night. I was like Michael Dixon who. Uh, let me say this real fast. Special teams last night was amazingly so much better. Jason yeah. Myers looked 
awful, awesome and yeah. against not being good. And Michael Dixon was fantastic. But it's just like, why punt in preseason? Why ever? Do? Who cares? Who cares if you lose 100 to nothing? That's not the point. The point of preseason is to figure out, yeah. oh, these guys, we know Michael Dixon can punt. So we know that. Throw that out. Who cares if he punts? But do we know if Todd or Lee can play against Blah? No, they can't. They suck. Okay. Well, that's what we need to find out, right? We don't need to find out if Michael Dixon can punt the ball. Great. And the fact that he punted 10 times against the Bears. Yeah, it's like, why? Obviously. But, yeah, exactly why. It's like, okay. This is a good time to see. It's like, can your defense play when they're pinned, yeah. pinned back and they're already at the 120? Or, or can Pete Carroll coach a – My dad, I was like, you know, Dixon. Yeah, can he coach an NFL game? Do you need to actually play, uh, I think, situational coaching in the preseason? No. We, we assume you can coach. Who cares if, okay, we need to punt here and then we need to – no, no, no. Who cares? Who cares if you lose 80 to nothing? You need to know if – the guys, the 53 through 80 can play the game of football. Exactly. Not That's the one the guy, news. not Michael Dixon, who's going to make the team. He's your punter for the next 15 years. Yeah. It was definitely important. I agree that Jason Myers bounced back with an extremely great game because he didn't have a good game against the Bears. Yeah, and he had 53-yarder was money. Oh, my gosh. He would have made that from yeah. 16. It was straight down the middle. Yeah. So that was huge, because, especially because kickers, man, it's so, I mean, 50% of the game is 90% mental or whatever the hell you said, but it's like for kickers, man, the game is so much just about the mental aspect of it. So Right. Yeah, it's not fundamental. It's it. confidence with them. It's not yeah. like Aaron Fuller, who has the hands of Roberto Duran out there, is trying to catch a football. <laughs> Ooh, ow. Jeez. Do you think he'll make the team as a safety? <laughs> yeah. Jamal Adams has better hands than Aaron Fuller. He actually caught the pass. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. That was the feed. You, you stepped for landing. Aaron um, Fuller was he, he was targeted 15 times in the preseason in three games. Guess how many passes he caught? Two. Five. For 48 awesome. yards. And he caused a, he had two turnovers. He doesn't <laughs> need to even make the practice squad. I mean, yeah. the only reason, one of the reasons <laughs> he started so much with Jacob Eason in the second preseason is Eason was like, as we joked about last week, it's like Eason's like, oh, I'm going to throw it to a spot. Hey, I played with that guy in college. I'll just throw it where <laughs> I think he's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he doesn't, sadly, need to make the play. You got to be able, you got to be able to make the plays. Like you said, it's like, can the guys 53 through 80 currently on the roster can they prove that they belong on the roster at all? And it's like, he's not shown that at all. Ah, very sad. Well, anyway, especially, especially. Ah, here, here we are. Yeah. Especially, like you said, the two turnovers. I mean, that's if he'd had no receptions, but hadn't directly led to two turnovers <laughs> that you know, you're still not going to keep them, but the two turnovers are huge, man. That's yeah. a major problem. So. I actually felt bad for Dakota Shepley, who had the really bad snap at the end of the game yeah. where he uh, snapped it almost over. Well, he did snap it over Jacob Beeson's head, and he was barely able to kind of block it in, back into the – it looked like a volleyball game, sadly. <laughs> but um, 
Because I, I like that guy, you know. It's yeah, and I know he's battling for a roster spot with Kyle Fuller, who's who's proven over the last couple of years where he can be very versatile, and his versatility instead of like most players who can I can do all this, his versatility is more like, hey, I'll show you what I can't do on the football field in different positions because he sucks. But so I was kind of hoping Dakota Shepley would actually make it as the backup center, but I think that play alone is like, oh, man, that stinks. Yeah, that's rough. Agreed. Uh, agreed. Yeah, it sounds like Murph's chair behind you. Yeah, Hello, Murph. Hey, long time no here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it would be, it'll be really interesting. Obviously, oh, there's an understatement. It'll be interesting to see what the Seahawks do with the rosters. But <laughs> it will be interesting to see like who winds up on the practice squad. Um, yeah, sure. some players. You know, just, are they going to keep some guys around because they still think they've got potential? Or, surprise me, Seal Grayson is still in the league, which shocked me. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. Are you serious? Who's he with? I'm serious. I, I can't remember what team it was. I, I saw Buffalo. And I saw his name. It might be. I saw his name pop up and was like, what? Cyril Grayson? Awesome. Our guy? Our guy, Cyril Grayson, that we wrote about like a couple of Ronaldo times. Nehemiah is still in the league, too, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still hurting tacklers, just like Carson. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, no, I, I, you actually have a good point there because uh, it kind of like even though we there's a 53 man roster, you're trying to figure out who's going to make your practice squad. But I think there's so much gray area still with the 53 man roster for the Seahawks that there could be players released who end up making the 53 man Seahawks roster because. They need to fill whatever four or five spots for players to get released, veterans or whatever. That yeah. we may not know the players currently on the Seahawks roster, eighty-man roster, may not all make up the fifty-three-man roster. It could be Jimmy G, for instance, or it could be some other veterans who get yeah, released. Absolutely, could could happen. Could be two. Could, could be. No, I'm just kidding. It's not gonna be two. Yeah, that's gonna happen. I'd take uh, two over Gino or Drew. So. I would, I would as well. It'll be interesting to see how we. It'll be interesting to see what happens with now that he has Tyreek Hill. Wait, the and, Seahawks and, uh, just traded said, for Tyreek Hill. This is breaking breaking news. <laughs> no, I'm joking. If you've made it this far into the podcast, thank you, thank you for listening. Twelfth Man Rising is where you can find our written words, which are better than our spoken words on the podcast. But thank you anyway. Congratulations, and and there's probably something wrong with me. Um, have you ever seen Flowers of Arjunon? Arjunon? Have I seen it? Yeah. I think it's like a movie. A book on the shelf? No, yeah, I, mean, so I think it's... A, you can flip through the pages, but I think it's a movie. They... Done, I think they've actually done... Maybe they have done it as Flowers for The first one was called Charlie. With a, with a backwards R. With Cliff Is that, that was the name of the... That was the name of the movie for the book? Yeah, Charlie. That's a, I think they probably have redone it, and I think they did call up the flowers for Algernon uh, the second time. But yeah, the original movie is called Charlie, because they probably figured people won't know what it is if it's flowers for Algernon, as if you would know what Charlie is either. But I was about to say, what different? Yeah, it's like okay, yeah, let's. Exactly. I don't even know what that. What'd you think of it? Did you watch the it? movie? Yeah, I've watched it like two or three times. What'd you think? I the mouse makes me cry every time. And what, what's, the, what's, the, what's the basis of the film? What's the, what's basis? the basis of the book? What's the interesting? Are, are, you, are you writing a book report, sir? Is that what's I going am. on? 
I just really quickly at the end of the podcast, I just want oh, I forgot I, I gotta gotta get this book report in by tomorrow. <laughs> the basis of the film is a gentleman goes into a protocol for testing a drug which increases intelligence, and he is he is a um, mentally challenged individual, and he becomes highly intelligent, but sadly also becomes emotionally detached. And he has a nice relationship with this with this researcher, a female researcher, as it turns out. And they have a lovely relationship. But as he gets more intelligent, he becomes less human. And then he starts to lose his intelligence, which they know is going to happen because Algernon is the lab rat that they or mouse that they gave the stuff to. And same thing happened to the mouse. And it's really tragic as he begins to lose his intelligence and he feels very terrible. And eventually he goes back to the same state he was and he doesn't remember it happened. And it's really sad. But it's a really, really good movie. Which all comes down to the fact that Pete Carroll somehow sees Geno Smith as QB1 for 2022. Thank you for listening. Why are you the worst? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.